Hey everyone, welcome to the Hot Takes Podcast, where we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. We are about to have some fun. I hope you're ready. Thank you for being here, and enjoy. What is going on, everybody? Everybody, what is going on? Happy Monday. It is Monday, July 12th. Good God almighty, July 12th. And y'all, here with another Hot Takes episode, I am Lawrence Henderson, and we're always seeking to be humble, open, and transparent. Y'all, I have somebody who is, don't call it a comeback, uh, we got Mr. Nate Dukes is in the house with us. What's up, sir? Hey, man, I love this show. What you're doing here is incredible. I'm a big fan. I've got to listen to a ton of episodes. What you're doing is really special here. Yeah, I appreciate you, Nate. Um, and yeah, I did not pay him for that. He's no. just excited <laughs> to be here today um, because we have a really amazing topic to get through today. Um, and before we get to that, Nate, please uh, tell folks where you are in the world uh, and a little bit about yourself, and then we'll get rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, anybody who out there that's ever struggled with a failure that that feels like they don't have enough self-confidence or that they think their life is too messed up to change, this is going to be a great conversation for you. Um, my name is Nate Dukes. You can find me on across all social media platforms at who is Nate Dukes. And I recently wrote a book that helps people who feel stuck to go to the next level in their life. Yeah, I, I've been there a time or two. Yeah. Um, and, and I tell you, you know, one of the biggest things that I always ask my guests is when you think about where you are in this season of life and the things that have come important to you and you talk about how to make a comeback, what makes this your thing and your right now? Yeah. So long story short, um, growing up, we didn't have a whole lot of money. We were the poor family. And when I turned 18, I went away to college for the very first time. And I really wanted to escape the chaos of my childhood. But that's when I was introduced to drugs and alcohol and what started out as like a weekend party experience. It turned into a full-blown drug addiction. And at age 21, I don't know if you've ever had a, to take the walk of shame before, but moving back in with your parents is the real walk of shame. So I moved back in with my mom and dad. I came nowhere close to getting a degree. Um, but what feels good in the moment isn't always good for your future. And, and what I found out is that, man, I was a very broken, empty person, but I wanted to chase success. And through a series of events, I actually got the opportunity to open up a bar in downtown Youngstown, Ohio with a business partner of mine. And um, I, I, we worked really hard at it. And over the course of two years, we actually ended up creating something that was actually very successful. And now I had access to more money than I had ever seen in my life. Now, it wasn't a crazy amount of money, but just you got to understand being the poor kid growing up, for me, it felt like the world. I had I had the right car. I had a great apartment in downtown. I was in social settings that I would have never had access to, um, but I was still very empty and broken on the inside. And I thought that if I could just get enough stuff that I would be happy. Um, so the, the drug addiction started ramping up and I started actually going to casinos and gambling. And I'm the classic definition of a bad gambler. Okay. I would just keep going and, and I would, I would lose everything. And over the course of a year, 
my accounts actually dwindled away to nothing. And I had sold a lot of my stuff and just feeding into this addiction that I had. And even though my accounts were on empty, the business bank accounts were full. And uh, we had about 20 employees who worked for us at that time. And my partner came into the office and he said, Nate, it's time to cut the checks for everybody. And I just came clean in that moment. I said, listen, if we write these, there's, there's not going to be enough money in the accounts to cover them. And you could see the look on his face. He was confused. He was frustrated. He was a little upset. And then he realized that I had taken the payroll money the night before and I, I gambled it all the way. And so he gave me an ultimatum at this point. I'm, I'm 20, 26 years old. He says, you can sign this business over to me free and clear and walk away, or I'm going to get lawyers involved and I'm going to press charges. And so I, I walked away from this business, which was essentially my life's work at that point. Uh, my identity was wrapped up in being a business owner. And when I didn't have that anymore, I didn't know who I was. And I moved back in with my parents again, and they had no idea what to do with me. I don't think they fully understood the depths of what I was going through at that time. And um, I, I would hardly be able to hold down a job. I would, I would get a job at like a, a local restaurant as a server and I'd uh, end up stealing from the cash register because that's all I knew how to do and still dealing with this drug and gambling addiction. I, I would get caught and then I'd get fired. This actually happened three different times. And then finally, the last time that I got, uh, I got fired from a job, I was walking around my parents' apartment complex at three in the morning. I'd just taken a handful of pills and I was looking for different vehicles that were unlocked to try and see if I could take anything or if I could find anything that I could sell. I ended up lifting up the center console of a 1999 Buick LeSabre and I reached in and I pulled out the spare keys to the car because apparently that's where you keep the spare keys to a 99 Buick LeSabre. And uh, I, in that moment, I don't think that I fully comprehended what was going on, but I just thought to myself, maybe this is a chance to escape. Maybe this is a chance to run away from my problems, but I don't know if you've ever tried to run away from your situation before, but oftentimes it's not the conditions of our life that's the issue, but it's it's us that's the issue. And uh, in my mind, I didn't wake up that morning thinking, today's the day that I steal a car. But when you find yourself in the wrong place with the wrong headspace, you never really know what is possible. And so I loaded up five garbage bags of clothes and, and I headed for Houston, Texas, of all places. I had a buddy who lived down there that said, Nate, if you ever find a way to get down here, Man, I'll help you start your life over. And that's really what I wanted. I wanted a fresh start at life. And so I made it about halfway right outside of Nashville, Tennessee, a small town called Ashland City. I pulled into a gas station and I just wanted to sleep because really I had been up for like three days at this point. Pulled into a gas station and I, I closed my eyes and I was woken up at 9 a.m. to three really loud bangs on the driver's side window. The door was opened, a stranger's hand reached in, pulled me out of the car, put me in handcuffs and sat me in the back of a cop car. And in that moment, the weight of every decision that I made sat on my chest like a ton of bricks. And I, I kept having this thought in my head over and over and over. It was the same thing that uh, teachers had told me. It was the same thing that, that people in my life who didn't believe in me, they told me, but oftentimes the loudest voices are the ones that are in our own head. But I kept saying, you'll never change. This is who you are. You're never going to change. And they took me to Cheatham County Jail where I spent six months of my life. And uh, the only opportunity that we got to get out of the cell was um, once a month they had something called church service. And I wasn't really interested in going to church, but man, I was interested in getting out of that pod. And so we walked down this long hallway off to the left-hand side. There were 16 folding chairs set up in a cinder block room. And this really, really old guy walks in and he has this really, really old guitar that he starts to tune up 
And then he starts to sing the song Amazing Grace. And it goes, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And I looked around the room and there were 16 of these guys who, who had hurt people, who had taken advantage and tears were just streaming down their face. And, and listen, they were, they were crying. They were ugly crying. They were white girl wasted cry. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I thought just, in my, it's a hard to explain this moment because I wasn't worried about the past. I wasn't worried about my future when I was going to get out of there. But I had this overwhelming sense of peace that just sat on me. And the, that that weight that was on my chest began to lift off. I just found that moment, man, if it's possible to change, I want to. And so when I got out of jail, they gave me a felony theft over 1000 They let me come back to Ohio. When I got out of jail, um, even though I was a mess, I got around some people who were willing to be messy with me. And I read this John Maxwell book that said, if you want your world to change, You've got to be the one that changes first. And I really took that to heart. And I, I got obsessed with personal development. How can I become the best um, uh, uh, emotionally? How can I become the best version of me financially? How can I become the best version of me spiritually? How can my relationships begin to improve in my life? And and now my life, several years after that, looks nothing like what it used to. So I just got married last year to the love of my life. Jenna, she's amazing. Um, we bought our, our first investment property, and we're actually looking to pick up another one here in the next few months. Uh, I've sat on the board of a nonprofit uh, for underprivileged youth, and, and I lead hundreds of volunteers at my local church now. When really, for the last 18 months, I've been working on this project to help other people who feel stuck, who feel like, man, I've experienced failure. And it's a book called You'll Never Change, Create Your Comeback and Prove Them Wrong. And so for me now, the great joy of my life is helping other people create their own comeback. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And, and again, just letting you rock with the story of the precipice and the foundation of what it means for you to, to change, to have a comeback. And again, a lot of a lot of these things over the past 18 plus months, there are these stories and there are these accounts. And I really believe there are seasons of life for us all. But but the powerful thing is the lessons that we pull out of these yeah. seasons and how we pull things forward. And we use them as as fuel. We use it as usable data. We use it as, you know, again, these these catalysts to move us towards the things that we we desire to be operating in. And one of the biggest things that as you were having that in that church service inside of jail. Um, and, and of course, you know, the, the cliche is all oh, people go to jail to find God. And I'm like, why you gotta go to jail for that? Well, guess what? Some, some things happen, right? And, and, yeah. and, and shut your judge yourself up. Um, and, but in that moment, there's something you say, um, particularly around, if you don't forgive the old you, mm. the new you doesn't stand a chance to exist. How, how did you make this transition of in forgiving you to become Nate Dukes today? Yeah. And this is so important for anybody that wants to make a comeback. The most important relationship in my life is the one that I have with God. But second to that, second to that is the relationship that I have with myself. Okay. And so if you've ever had a friend who kind of talks behind your back and they're more like a frenemy than they are a friend and you don't actually want to be around them, but somehow you find yourself always with that person. When you don't like you, it's like spending all day with a frenemy. And, and Tim Ferriss says that everything that we want in life is on the other side of an uncomfortable conversation. 
So I was willing to have some uncomfortable conversations with myself. And I, I, I sat down with three different versions of me because things were not okay on the inside and, and we needed to figure this out. So I sat down with past Nate, I sat down with present Nate, and then I sat down with future Nate. And I looked at past Nate and I, I really unloaded on him. I said, if you would have done things differently, our life could have been different. I'm mad at you. I think I hate you. I'm frustrated. But then I looked at myself and I said, even though you've messed up, I still love you and I forgive you. And that really broke something free inside of me. And unforgiveness is a prison that we will keep ourselves in. And I can't help but imagine what some of our lives would look like if, man, we just took it easy on ourselves for a moment. If we just began to forgive ourselves and say, you know what? Who I was is not who I am now. And that's okay. The decisions that I've made in my past, I'm, I'm choosing to leave them in my past. And I'm choosing to love me today. And then I looked at present Nate and I said, there, you've made some changes that, that nobody can see yet, but I believe in you. And other people might, might not believe in you yet, but keep going. Don't stop now. Giving up never got you anywhere, so you're not going to give up this time. And I began to coach myself. And then I looked at future Nate and I said, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to give you the life that you deserve. I'll start from the bottom. I'll build my life back brick by brick. I'll work hard. I'll do it. I'll, I'll make amends. I'll, I'll heal anything it takes to put, to give you that better life. I'm willing to do it. And now I have this beautiful relationship with myself where I trust myself when I say I'm going to do something. Like if you've ever woken up or, or said you're going to wake up early in the morning and you don't do it, you're actually losing trust with your, you're losing credibility with your own self. So I pride myself on doing hard things and I have an incredible relationship with myself now. Wow. That is huge. Yeah. And I, and I, and I love the framework of that, right? Of as we think about relationship with others, we as leaders, we always go into this conversation of how, what's the thing that you want to have others experience from you? And really at the top of the list for me is trust and credibility. Yes. But, but to start at a place of just making an intention and then keeping it yeah. is building trust and credibility within yourself. Um, which I believe turns and translate and that takes it out of the realm of just building discipline or anything else like that. But it, it builds behavior, it builds habit, it builds lifestyle. And there, and there's a formula, there's a comeback formula that you have. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what's your, what's your comeback formula? So the big question that I get all the time is Nate, how do I make a comeback? And I've really broken this down into a science that really anybody can apply to their life and start seeing changes almost immediately. And the first step into creating a comeback is you have to have a vision for what you want. You have to have a vision for your future. And maybe some of us, it's been a long time since we've had those dreams unlocked on the inside, or you've gotten so busy with running the business or running life or taking care of the family that you forgot that, man, there's something deep inside of me that's been begging to get out. Let's call it a vision or dreams. And so we want to get very specific on what that looks like. So if you want to ride on an airplane right now, you can go to the airport and you say, Hey, sell me a ticket. And they will give you a ticket and a ride on an airplane, but is it anywhere that you actually want to go? So until we take control of our life and the vision for our life, there will always be somebody else to tell us what to do, how to do it. So I want to get crystal clear. What do you want that vision to look like? And then as soon as you have that in your mind, what kind of relationships that I want to have, what kind of money do I want to make? 
What kind of impact do I want to have? How do I want to be treated? How do I want to treat other people? Very clear on that. Now we have to add in our decisions. So contrary to popular belief, what we do every day, it matters so much. And the decisions that we make at any given point can change the direction of our life forever. And so we want to start making decisions that line up with our vision. Every decision that we make is either pulling us towards our vision or pulling us away from our vision. So you have your vision plus decisions. And then here's the hardest part. This is the part that most people give up on. You have to multiply that by time. The hardest four-letter word any of us will hear is wait, W-A-I-T. But small acts of work over a long period of time can create massive results. And so you have to have a vision. You have to start making the right decisions and then you got to multiply it by time. And then you will look back years, a year, two, five, 10 years down the road and you'll say, Oh my gosh, people will begin to ask you, how did you do it? Because you've made a comeback, but it's all because you've done it in the right order. Yeah, that is a, that's a huge one because again, as I think about just, just anything in all the cliches and anecdotal things that like, you know, anything that's worth it, then you should dedicate time to it. You should get it. And, And it's, and it's, it's also what you see, what people spend their time on, you see where their value lies. Yeah. And and so to to say to yourself, write the vision, make it plain, make it plain, and and then create an intention. Decide, and that's one thing that I'm always working with coaching clients. about. I was like, when are you gonna give yourself permission to yes. do, right? You're gonna make it okay. You gave yourself permission to do the other stuff. When are you going to make yourself give yourself permission to do what you said you want to do? But then, and I love, uh, I love all the different artists that are out now, and particularly creators. Um, and one of the ones that I, that I love um, on on YouTube is Gary Gary Vaynerchuk, um, yeah. who is hilarious. But one of the things he always talks about is, hey, you got to start, but yes. then give yourself time. Yep. It's like there may be that that one thing that that just hits. Okay, guess what? Those are ex- there are exceptions. That's a rule, but you got to start. Yeah. The only way that that became a hit is they started, they landed, they did something, and so it's the consistency in building out a lifestyle, and again spending that time so you could actually put yourself in position for that comeback. And when you think about just kind of how things land. And as it pertains to your village, you said something, right? One of, one of the things I love that my, my younger brother, Kenston, says um, is if you're doing life alone, you're doing it all wrong. Come on. And and you have something that you you talked about at this village that now surrounds you. So show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Yeah. How, how has that been manifesting over the last several years for you? So, so psychology will tell us that you will make the average decisions of the five people that you spend life with. Um, science will tell us that you'll make the average amount of money of the five people that you do the most amount of life with. And so when I understand this principle to be true, I've got to, I've got to say, and I've got to look at the last five text messages that I've sent. I've got to think to myself, are the people in my life, are they adding value to it or are they taking it away? And you know, the people that you get around when you, you become a different person and you talk a different way and maybe you do things that don't line up with your purpose, 
when we start talking about some of this stuff, people say, Nate, uh, are, are you telling me I've got to walk away from some people? I've got, I've got to cut some people off. And for some of us, yes, 100% absolutely. This is the permission that you need to walk away from that toxic relationship, that toxic friendship that is not serving you anymore. If it is not leading to your benefit or to you, to you actually making an impact in this world, you need to cut it off. You need to walk away from it. And it's okay to set, step back and say, you know what? When I, when I hang out with this person now, it's, it's more of we catch up, we shake hands, we say, how, how you doing? But that's it. I don't need to, I, I want to allow my time to be invested in the right place. So I'll, I want an ROI on my time. And the people who I surround myself with, either they're influencing me or I'm influencing them. And so I want to make sure that my circle is tight. It's powerful. And, and so if you want better quality people in your life, if you're looking at your life right now and saying, man, I, I don't think that I have a great circle. I don't have a great friendship. And first of all, I honor you for saying that because that's a tough call you got to make. How do you start surrounding yourself with better people? Well, if your hands are full, you can't carry anything else. So you need to start to let go, let go of some first, and then watch as new people start to show up in your life. And I always say this, if you want to take advice from somebody, be sure that you're willing to switch places with them. So, so I don't know if y'all ever had like a broke uncle that loves to give you cryptocurrency advice at the barbecue. Listen, I, I love you, unk, but I am not taking your advice. You've shown me what not to do. Now, I, do I believe that there's money to be made in the crypto? Absolutely. But I want to take my advice from somebody who's been there, who's doing it well, who has a success track record that I can say, I wouldn't mind actually trading places with that person. So who you let speak into your life is just as important as who you do life with. Yeah. And, and, and that's huge. And I, and I love the, the fact that you're making that, that, that declaration between, you know, again, allowing folks to speak into your life and, and who you're going to do life with and, and really valuing what that all looks like for you. And again, getting really and, and there's this thing out there that everybody wants wanted to turn into a T-shirt over the past year and some change, this thing called authenticity. Yeah. And and one thing is, again, going back and starting with yourself and developing what that actually means and what that actually looks like in action for you. And it really is, like you said, the more you build reps around how honest and authentic you are with what right looks like for you, then you'll actually have that and exude that expectation for who's going to be in your space. Mm. And, and, and one of the things that I loved, particularly around the world and the place that I'm at in my business and why I love this platform of being humble, open and transparent is that hearing myself continue to tell my story about what I value, it actually has created this authenticity filter for yeah. those who are going to be in spaces with me. And so people make, they make calculated decisions. When mm -hmm. you say you want to be in community with me, you're making it calculate because I've shown you who I am. Right. I'm not hedging for anybody. And I can say that for the first time in my life that I am, I'm this full time, like I'm this a hundred percent of the time. And so when you think about, and that really comes from one of the next things that you pointed out as, as a, as a value for you. And it's really, I am grateful for every single moment I am allowed to have a, the opportunity to be a podcast host, the opportunity to be a coach, the opportunity to be a trainer, because I understand folks didn't have to say yes to me, but the gift inside of me, and I, I put it out there for the world and they said yes. 
And so now as a partner with folks, I'm so eternally grateful for it. And when you say gratitude reminds us that we have enough, but more importantly, that we are enough. How how do you express that to others? Because as you see, I have this shirt on from my buddy, Buck Davis. It says you matter. And it's a, 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 an important message around gratitude. How does that kept you grounded in this season? Yeah. And so before you write this off as just another gratitude list and another, oh, here we go. They're going to talk about being grateful. Just, just hear me out. So it is difficult to be angry and grateful at the same time. It is difficult to be resentful and grateful at the same time. And so I love that, that gratitude reminds us that what we have right now is enough, but it also reminds us that we are enough. And gratitude is something that I choose to cultivate every single day. I don't like who I am when I'm not grateful. The people in my life deserve me to show up as a grateful person. And so I've just chosen every morning and, and maybe you think this is a little woo woo, this is a little crazy, but I, I think about three things that I'm grateful for every single day. And it, it, some days it's the same stuff that I did yesterday, but it helps me stay grounded to remind myself that I don't deserve any of this. You know, I'm just a chubby kid from Warren, Ohio that made a whole lot of mistakes. Okay. I don't deserve any, but I'm so thankful to be where I'm at because now my life isn't just about chasing success, which I hope that all of us experience but it's also about chasing fulfillment. And I, I think that most of us, we, we miss that sometimes when we're on the grind or we're on the hustle of like, what is this? How is this actually affecting me as a person? I, I love another quote from John Maxwell. He said, life isn't about what we achieve, but it's ultimately about who we become. And gratitude helps me become the best version of myself. I like that. I like that. Gratitude helped me become the best version of myself. Ah, and, and at the end of the day, it really is about, and you said again, you're starting with self and that self-awareness and that self-love and that self-appreciation. And, and to me, that's humility because now you've allowed yourself to be in a space that's inviting for others to be also a welcome yeah. to that space. That's humility, folks. Not that, oh, you know, I'm just here, just a vessel from God. And then I, oh, you don't have to praise. No, y'all, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking of yourself less. And wow. when you talk that gratitude, it really sets others in a space that says, you know what? I'm glad I'm in this space with you. Yeah. And you allow, and it's open hand, like in coaching is open hands, open hearts. Right. And, and, and so, for, and again, we talk about just, you know, Christ as the head of the home. And I love that formula. It's like, you know, the relationship hierarchy, it's God, then it's me. And yeah. then it's, it's the ones closest to me, who I desire to be in community with. Um, and, and again, my lovely wife is, you know, like, like, like yours, you know, holding, holding me down for over yeah. 17 years. And it Come really on. comes from that place of she's always been that humble, grateful person that she modeled it for me. So now that I could operate this way, it just feels right. And so, Nate, I thank you for being here with us today. I thank you. Man, this is a great conversation. And and so for I don't want to hoard you. I want I want you to continue to be on a a, a thousand more podcasts. Yeah. Um telling your story, impacting lives in, in only the ways that you can. Um so how can folks connect with you, communicate with you and get you on their shows as well? 
Yeah. So you can uh, head over to my website. It's you'll never change.com or you can find me on social media at who is Nate Dukes. I love it. And uh, I'm adding it to the chat now. So others, they know how to get it. And uh, man, great show. And I want to tell everybody out there, these are humble, open and transparent conversations with yeah. leaders, with practitioners, with folks who are digging in and they got their coveralls on steel toe boots. They go to work every single day. And so until next time, folks, continue to be well. And if you're somebody out there and you want to share your message on this platform, hey, direct message me. We can share. We can have some fun and we can go about it any way you like. All right, folks, until next time, be well and I'll see you soon. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please be sure to subscribe across our eight different podcast locations. Until next time, folks, continue to be humble, open and transparent. Be good to people and actions over ideas always win. Thank you.